freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Welcome to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And this is, of course, our Christmas Eve edition of our show. It is episode 69, and... Which uh, we're pre-recording a couple of days early. Today it's Thursday, December 22nd, but when it airs live, it will be Christmas Eve. And it is the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, the song is, is just exactly right. Well, our theme today is how to have a Merry Christmas. And uh, we have two guests coming up this hour, Stephen Gutowski, who is a writer at the Washington Free Beacon. And we have Jeff Glaze, who is going to talk to us about how to de-escalate any tense conversations that might uh, rear their ugly head over the course of visiting with friends and family over the holiday. And so we have Stephen Gutowski waiting on the line. Let's introduce him real quick. He wrote a couple of articles lately uh, for the Washington Free Beacon that I think will help us to have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. One tells us about a movie you might want to save your money by not going to watch. And uh, the other is about a Second Amendment caucus that is forming in Washington, D.C. Stephen, are you with us? Hey, it's good to be here. Good to have you back on. So first things first, though, you were recently awarded Journalist of the Year at the Gun Rights Policy Conference. Remind us, our listeners, why were you chosen for that award? Uh, Well, I think, uh, you know, the Second Amendment Foundation, uh, who I I write about pretty frequently, um, I think they just uh, wanted to show their appreciation for my work this year. There was uh, quite a number of uh, important stories I was able to to write about, like uh, Katie Kirk's deceptive editing in uh, her gun documentary, uh, uh, the incredible streak of record gun sales, and uh, a lot of uh, Hillary Clinton's um, gun control policies. Well, we do appreciate the work that you do, and uh, you know, the one of the big news stories out there right now is this whole fake news thing, which I got to tell you, I'm not even sure I fully understand, but I... I do know that even though you write from a, a specific um, standpoint, that you're not going to just start making stuff up and throwing it out there uh, in digital form uh, for the, the Washington Free Beacon. So we appreciate you checking your facts, uh, kind of like Santa Claus, right? Making a list, check it <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah. right. No, so, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, here at the Free Beacon, we get layers of fact checkers, as they say. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, the whole fake news thing is interesting because there is, 
a real problem with fake news. There, there are um, sort of scam websites that make up fake stories so they can get a lot of people to click on them and get advertising revenue. Um, but uh, the interesting part of it to me is, is, is this reaction to it that we've seen lately um, where uh, you know, we've had a lot of people in the media and a lot of Democrats who kind of want to blame Hillary Clinton's loss on pretty much anything but <laughs> Hillary Clinton herself or her policies. Um, you mean that's not so, what happened? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think maybe they should look inward instead of outward. But, uh, yeah, so one of the things they've fallen on is, is this whole fake news thing. You know, fake news is just such a big problem. It's, you know, might have swayed the election. Uh, I don't think that's true. I mean, I, I think it's, yeah, it's a problem. To, but I know. Uh, the it's idea like, that it's swayed the election is kind of ridiculous. I, I, you know, when you say they really should maybe uh, be a little more introspective, mm-hmm. it's like me saying, but I have a gym membership, so I should be thin. I'm going to blame, <laughs> you know, it's not because I'm eating cookies at midnight watching TV. That can't be it. But anyway, right. I digress. So you recently <laughs> wrote an article that I was talking about at uh, the the start of our show uh this movie called miss sloan and apparently it uh it didn't quite hit the the mark with at the box office can you tell us a little bit about what happened there and what that movie is portending to to do right well so miss sloan is uh you know it's a hollywood thriller it's a drama uh that's essentially about a lobbyist who uh, wants to get new gun control measures passed, um, and it follows her efforts to do that. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's not the biggest budget movie. It's not Rogue One, but it was a $13 million budget. It had significant advertising. You might have seen some mm-hmm. advertising for it on, you know, your TV. But uh, they had a wide, the wide release just happened two weeks ago. Uh, it's just, I believe it was like 1,600 theaters across the country. And it ended up being one of the worst Y releases of all time, um, the 79th worst. So even worse than Giggly? I don't even know if I'm saying yeah, G- that right. <laughs> Geely. Geely. That was the, uh, the Ben Affleck, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lopez movie oh. back when they were like a couple. Right? That was really and that bad. Was like one of the biggest flops of all time. Worse than yeah, a movie, movie called worse than that. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Now how? I didn't even yeah. know there was such a movie. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Well, Stephen, did you see the movie? Uh, I haven't seen it, no. Uh, like most Americans, I, yeah. I kind of want to see it because, to me, it sounds like they're trying to make a movie that if Clinton would have been elected, this would have been a blockbuster and how the world would be nowadays. Right, like make us it. think right. that the lead lady, the leading lady was almost like the spirit, you know, the same spirit of, of Hillary Clinton. I I might be over-assuming, but I just kind of get that feeling. But I'm going to buy it at the, well, dollar, I'm gonna buy it at the dollar bin, okay? <laughs> at Walmart. <laughs> I, I do think there's a good point to be made about the timing of the release, because I think, you know, leading up to the election, it seemed like she was going to win mm-hmm. um, uh, with most of the polling. And I think a lot of people were confident she was going to win. And the timing of this release seems like it was timed up to the election, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, sure. so, but I, you know, I still wonder if people, even if she had won, if people would have turned out to see this. It, it's only made 
to this point, $3.2 million. Wow. That's out of a $13 million budget. Ouch. Plus, you got to add advertising and everything, all the other that's, costs associated Stephen, with that's the because of the Russians, okay? <laughs> the Russians, the Russians are watching it. They're downloading it. They're pirating it. So, all right. So, the other article that um, caught my eye that you had written is that there is a Second Amendment caucus that's forming in Washington, D.C., and, uh, you know, tell us about that. Now, I, it looks like it's mostly Republicans or maybe all Republicans, which shouldn't surprise us when it comes to supporting the Second Amendment. But um, what what should we know about all that? Well, yeah. So uh, Rep. Massey is, is going to be heading the Second Amendment caucus. And uh, it, it seemed, I think it's something interesting to watch. You know, there's there's only, I believe, eight members right now. But um their their whole goal in forming this caucus is to introduce and support uh, various gun rights legislation um, as sort of an organized unit. Um, so you know, we'll see how we'll see what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's something that that is good news for gun rights advocates. Obviously, I think there's a lot more um, gun rights supporters in the Republican House than than are in this caucus at the moment. But um, Mm -hmm. anytime you have an organized group of legislators or legislators, that's, that's a good thing. And it's something to to keep an eye on. Well, and one thing that I thought was interesting, the quote that you put in here is it says caucus members will lead efforts in house of representatives to pass meaningful firearms legislation. So, you know, where they're using the word meaningful on the conservative side, on the the liberal side, it's always common sense for the children. Right. right? And so, you know, I just think, you know, word choice is important and it is generally chosen very carefully um, by our our representatives and because a lot of them are lawyers and they understand that language is everything when you're presenting a case. Um, mm-hmm. And so it says to pass meaningful firearms legislation and protect Americans against infringements of the Second Amendment. And that is a quote from the group. And I think that 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 sounds encouraging, but that doesn't mean that we all get to just kind of go to sleep and go, OK, well, we got people protecting us so we don't have to tune in and and, you know, right. continue to reach out to them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've been trying to get an interview with uh, Rep. Massey to see sort of uh, some of the specifics, because right now there's, we don't have a lot of specifics of what exactly they're going to do. Um, you know, from the from the gun rights side of things, most of my sources in the in you know the the movement are are saying that you know first is going to be the Supreme Court nomination. That's going to be the first big mm. gun rights uh, you know issue. Absolutely. That's going to go through Congress. Then it'll be either nas- national reciprocity or, um, you know, silencer deregulation. Mm-hmm. Well, those are all very important. Um, and I, but we I have to see where we have to see where the Second Amendment Caucus is going to be on all this. So I think they'll probably end up being an important player. So absolutely. I want to try to figure out what what their plans are so hopefully they'll they'll talk to me soon exactly and and just because the republicans and just because they use that those nice words that that sound good doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to fight for um you know shall not be infringed and i know that a significant portion of our listenership are in that camp 
you know the second amendment is there and that's that's it that is my concealed carry license <laughs> so um we're, we're hoping that they'll be strong on those issues and that remains to be seen mm-hmm. absolutely well thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat with us uh steven gutowski uh we really appreciate it and check out his articles at washington free beacon Stephen, thank you so much. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around because on the other side of this commercial, we have Jeff Glaze. Now, Jeff is going to help us kind of avoid some of those uh, landmines of conflict that might show up at our holiday dinner tables and parties and gatherings and so forth. So (laughs) stick around. You're going to want to hear what Jeff has to say. You better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And, of course, this is our Christmas Eve show, so a little bit of Christmas music in between our segments. And, you know, I failed to mention, as we were bidding our our last guest uh, goodbye for the day, Stephen Gutowski, you can look up all of his articles 
at freebeacon.com slash authors, author, singular, slash Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, dash, Gutowski, G-U-T-O-W-S-K-I. And the top uh, of the list that he's got on there right now is Katie Couric is to guest host the Today Show despite her deceptive editing controversy. So uh, you definitely want to follow the work he does. He's a good guy. Um, and if you've missed any portion of today's show, any any portion, please be sure to go to our website, which is gunfreedomradio.com and click on the On Demand tab. And if you want to see, if you want to put a face to the voices of the people you're hearing, click on our guest tab and you will see uh, a bio page on everybody that we've ever interviewed and uh, you know links to their articles their Facebook pages that sort of thing Um, so it's a great resource well as I said earlier our theme today is how to have a Merry Christmas and with us next is Jeff Glaze, who is going to help us avoid the landmines of conflict at our holiday gatherings. Jeff is a training, technical, and leadership consultant. He's an advocate for innovative and lasting solutions for conflict resolution. Jeff seeks to create a culture of constructive conflict within families and organizations. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Good morning. Hey, Jeff, it's been a long time. I'm going to date it by saying, what's up? (laughs) He didn't just go there. Just throw that in there, Dan. All right. Yeah, that does date us. We have been friends for the better part of 30 years, I think. So it's exciting for us to, um, you know, bring your specialty into, uh, you know, where it intersects with our specialty. And so... You know, when I, I in the lead up, I'm like, okay, he's going to help us avoid landmines. But then you're about creating a culture of constructive conflict. Like, help me understand. I mean, aren't those two completely different things? Well, I think the thing is that most people think conflict is bad automatically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not necessarily bad. It's just how you handle it. If you get through it, you can get to a better place. You know, kiss and make up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's the getting through it part that we're going to talk about, I think. So conflicts, two or more people, and they they want the same thing, or they think they want the same thing, and they think the other person is going to keep them from getting that thing. And the, one important thing is it's not necessarily a thing, like something you can hold in your hand. It can be something abstract like respect or affection. Hmm. So res- resolution is... The, that process we're talking about of getting to the best mutual outcome where both people are as happy as they can be. My professor used to say peace isn't the absence of conflict, it's the resolution of conflict. Hmm. That sounds very zen, right? Right. It's, it's a careful process of trying to meet both sides, trying to keep the relationship going, and trying to have a conflict when everything in your body is saying, either I don't want to have it, or I'm going to just jump in with both feet and have it. Mm. So, you know, I, at the 
top of the the show i was tying in so how does this other than you know the holiday gatherings where you know it used to be we'd say well don't discuss money don't discuss religion don't discuss politics stick to the weather well we can't even do that now because of climate change i mean even that's going to create a debate and so beyond you know just dealing with you know holiday gatherings and bringing families together i think this is important also to learn the life skill to learn how to debate well and when to engage and when to not engage because we as gun owners we must be good ambassadors of our in- industry because you know people i think are that that aren't familiar with what we do they might think we're looking to pick a fight or that we're you know, we've always got our backup about something. And so when I grew up, we loved in our ha- household having a good hearty debate. But nowadays it seems like debating and conflict have become this zero sum game. And there's just everybody's looking for their mic drop moment so they can just like boom and walk away. You know, I'm the smartest one in the room. And so most people would say that the goal is to win. You're not saying that. You're not saying the goal is to win. Well, first sergeant answer, it depends. It depends, <laughs> on, it depends on what you mean by winning. Mm-hmm. And so if you're just worried about the thing, then you might lose your relationship with the person. Hmm. So you're sitting at the Christmas table having, or you, I mean, it could affect more than one relationship. Mm. You're going to divide the Christmas table into two opposing sides of an issue. Um, so it depends on what you mean by winning. A zero-sum game is like splitting up grandma's pie, but in conflict resolution we talk about making a bigger pie, working on getting the pie to be bigger, and then dividing up the pie. Hmm. You know, that's that's heady stuff. That's, you know, maybe a little abstract um, to think about. And first of all, when you say you gave the first sergeant answer... That is because, of course, you uh, had an entire career in the Air Force, and we thank you for your service. Um, you've retired a couple of times now, haven't you? I'm, uh, as my son says, I've had an odd collection of jobs in my <laughs> lifetime. Well, I want to know what kind of pie we're going to be dividing. <laughs> well, it, that, it's the favorite kind of pie, because that's what makes you get the most emotional, right? Yeah. Oh, so, so it's, it's yeah. It's Cheryl's... Uh, what is that? Lemon meringue pie? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is a favorite, isn't it? So yes. we, we would really go to toe-to-toe over the lemon meringue pie. but right. And so you're saying that it could be, um, you know, the Game Boy, right? You're fighting over the Game Boy. It could be... We are dating uh, pretty good there, Cheryl. I know. We're going Game way boy? back. <laughs> you're fighting over whether or not climate change is real or not. You're fighting over whether or not... Um, you know, you should, the, the right way to engage the world is, you know, to be a, a liberal Democrat or the right way to engage the world is to be a, a conservative Republican. And so, you know, some of these things are ideas. Some of these things are values. Some of these things that we fight over are, you know, the physical uh, things like the, the Game Boy, as I dated myself. So, you know, it feels like there is still, you know, there's a right way. There's a right answer. There's a winner. And and you're still saying that it's not necessarily the case. That, that I mean, you wrote in your notes here that winning can actually be losing? 
Well, if you throw away your relationship, you know, divorce rates are high. Um, there are families who don't, the, the family members don't talk to each other, maybe haven't talked to each other for years. Um, so is winning whatever the thing is so important that you're going to throw away all of your relationships? Mm. Are those not of some value? So my wife calls it getting on the crazy train. You, know, <laughs> you get into this emotional place and then you, your brain shuts down. And that might be okay if you're you know, fighting Vikings with a broadsword. But <laughs> these days, we're not doing that. We're trying to have articulate conversations. And, but once our brain goes to that place, then we might as well have a broadsword. You know, that's so true. And, you know, when you think about that other people are sitting at that, that dinner table or they're at that social gathering, some of those people are, are young people and they're still trying to figure out how does the world work? How does conflict work? How does debating work? And, you know, if we realize that we, we had those eyes on us, might we choose a a better way well I think so and I, social media is a good example because whatever goes on the internet stays on the internet the internet never forgets so you throw some comment out there and maybe a year later you're trying to find a job mm. and your your employer sees that and at the moment you were on the crazy train you would probably <laughs> never type that in real life you know but you weren't there you weren't in real life you were on the crazy train so of course, that's that's true. And then with social media, we have the echo chamber, which is the group of people who all agree with each other, you know, high five each other, and they're all saying the same thing. Or we have uh, another group that's, uh, you know, it's all flame wars. Well, not, no, you're not going to convince anyone of anything in a flame war. Mm. There's no convincing happening. And if your Christmas table is a flame war, then, I mean, are you really going to move anyone from... Are you going to change their heart or their mind in that in that anxious state? I don't think so. That that's a great way to paint that picture, and you know, it just kind of sounds like you know we are looking for the mic drop, or we're just flaming, or we're stuck on the crazy train. That maybe our pride kind of gets in the way of good sense, and uh, you know, kind of reminds me of Proverbs sixteen eight, and it says, "Pride precedes a disaster." And an arrogant attitude precedes a fall. I mean, does that just kind of sum up Facebook? <laughs> sum up Facebook right there. Well, face saving is one of the one of the things I had planned to talk about. The you know you have the conflict thing, whatever that. Let's say it's you know Second Amendment or politics or you know religion or climate change, whatever. Um, those things are important, but what actually becomes more important in the midst of a conversation, especially when there's an audience, which social media, there's a big audience, or you feel that anyway. So face saving is, is something that makes people get on the crazy train. They don't want to look bad. And yet they make themselves look bad in the process. Right. It's, it, it, <laughs> that's that Zen thing again where we're, we're going in circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, not realizing it. So, you know, you, there are hidden goals in conflict. You've got uh, a relationship goal where you're you're fighting over climate change, but the the 
the conflict merges over into a, a, a conflict about who are we in this relationship to each other? Like, why are you treating me this way? Mm. Or you have an identity. We talked about the identity conflict where I need to save face here. You made me look bad. That's not who I am. This is not who I am. I need to I need to step up and or or one one big thing we've seen with the election is a process goal, which is how is this going to be conducted in a fair way? What's fair? Hmm. And social media often isn't fair. You know, the the way fights are conducted on social media, it's not it's not fair for anyone. No, it's really not, and it's such a public forum and. I wish I could say that I I was guilt free, but I <laughs> I ah. will raise my hand with the rest and say I too have engaged in stupid and pointless arguments that really um, even if I thought I was doing it to to eventually win over some hearts and minds I I'm guaranteeing you I didn't and I could have done it so much better so I'm definitely not pointing fingers well we've got to run to break real quick but you're going to hang with us right. I'll be here. All right. Fantastic. So when we come back, you have promised to kind of give us some some three R's. And I'm guessing that, uh, you know, they, they probably are, are good three R's and they're not ones that are, you know, about retribution and <laughs> things like that, right? No, these are just kind of quick tools that you can keep in your back pocket that help you from getting into that broadsword mind where you're gonna slash and burn fantastic all right well stick around we have more with jeff glaze helping us to avoid the pitfalls of uh the landmines of the holiday table and political debates so stick around Everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast: long guns, pistols, hunting, military law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town, Avondale, off the I-10 and Dysart Road, and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. 
go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are talking with Jeff Glaze. Now, Jeff is going to help us learn how to de-escalate any of those conversations that come up over the holidays or, you know, when you're on Facebook and, and you, you know somebody's baiting you. You know they are. Don't take the bait, says me, who has not always been success- successful at that. But um, when we left off, we were promising that when we came back that Jeff was going to talk to us about the three R's. Now, Jeff, I'm I'm assuming that the three R's are not uh, retaliation, retribution, and rue the day, right? No, we're not talking about those three R's. <laughs> what? We're talking about something more, more like in the mind of your listeners, uh, like uh, line of line of fire, trigger discipline, those kind of things. Like it just is to keep you safe. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, let's listen to you and not not to me with rue the day. So, so your three are rules, roles, and rhetoric, right? Right. So, so, go ahead. Okay. So, we all like the simple answer. You you want me to just say, "Oh yeah, it's easy. Just do this." Well, these things are never simple. People are not simple. So, what what we need to do is get our minds out of that dark place. And so we need fresh ways to think about conflict. And I, in uh, working through my, my uh, master's thesis, I came up with this, this sort of guideline to help me. Because sometimes I go on the crazy train too, believe it or not. <laughs> I do not believe so, it. <laughs> so I like to think of it as sort of verbal Aikido. Aikido's... Uh, purely defensive martial art, you know, you, you bring peace by helping the other one to come to self-realization. Um, they see their own dark places and they, they realize they need to change. Helping involves a lot of falling and wrist holds, but, but it's calm and you're not trying to hurt them. You're trying to let, help them see that they're being ridiculous. So, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So Sun Tzu says, the supreme art of war is to su- subdue the enemy without fighting. And that's what this is about. I think. Hmm. So so mental wrist holds is, is what we're going after, right? And there's another R, ridiculous. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but not in a not in a combative way. Not like, you know, you're all flamed up. But just helping people to start to see, you know, oh, I, I am off the logic train, you know. So there's the crazy train, there's a logic train. The logic train's the one you want to be on, and you want to keep it firmly on its tracks, right? Right, right. There, we, we need to get out of the normal ways we do conflict and get to some other more constructive ways, like we talked about early on. So 
One thing that I see in, in the notes we were writing back to each other in preparation for the show is there's a thing called a conflict triangle. So maybe it's important for us to kind of understand what a conflict triangle might be as we move forward into exploring these three role, uh, three R's. Okay. So you, you know, we all know what this is because we've all seen Disney, right? <laughs> Disney. So, all right. Disney gets a mention. We yes, love Disney. I knew, I knew you would like that. So, <laughs> so what you have is in any typical Disney film, you have a victim, you know, the damsel in distress Mm-hmm. And you, then you have the rescuer, Prince Charming, or the White Knight, or mm-hmm. pick, 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 it, pick whichever one you want. Mm-hmm. And then we have a persecutor, the Wicked Witch, or you know the Dragon, or whatever. Gotcha. And when we tell ourselves, when we picture ourselves in conflict, that's how we see ourselves. We're the victim, and they're the persecutor. And then we have a rescuer who, who rides in pick sides and a lot you know conflicts not that simple as I said so most of the time the victim is not a victim they're sort of a victim and a persecutor and maybe they're rescuing a little too and these these roles are all jumbled up but we focus on having it all cut and dry you know victims a victim persecutors a persecutor and it it com- you know makes the conflict escalate more and more people get involved hmm yeah, that's a mess when that happens, right? So better to keep it between the two main parties and their individual conflicts rather than get it all jumbled up together. Right. Communication happens best directly between two people. That's another thing that can happen with the triangle is I tell somebody something, they tell it to the other person, and it, the message gets bent on the way, and and. The, the, the conflict grows that way as well. So when we're talking about the three R's, there's the rules, there's the roles, there's the rhetoric. So the triangle, is that roles? Is that rules? Is a little bit of both? Well, it can go either way. I, th- I think typically it's uh, a story. It's a roles. It's a story. Okay. It's a story. We, t- we put ourselves in this story where we're the victim, we're the poor you know, and and we need help. We need people to save us. Come help me. Um, so, what we need to do is um, step outside of that story. And so, the persecutor becomes Yoda. You know, you you can you can push someone to change without being persecutory. You don't have to be forceful about it. You can influence them to change. You can be Yoda. Or like the sensei, going back to martial arts, um, the rescuer. You can you can help somebody through a conflict by coaching them or mentoring them. You don't have to save them. Saving should be left for the police, the fire department, those kinds of people. Otherwise, it's codependency, really. Hmm. And and the um, the victim. When we when we perceive ourselves as the victim. A lot of times we get sort of a righteous anger and then we end up persecuting and that escalates the conflict. So when you're the victim, it's best to try to see yourself as a creator, somebody who can find really innovative solutions to your to your own problems instead of asking somebody else to help you become become more independent. So would that be like, uh, you know, I've heard people say flip the script. It is a script. 
um, really the script could apply more towards the rhetoric. Rhetoric is speech. So we all had, you know, our parents fought or we watch, we watch TV, we watch soap operas or whatever, and we see typical scripts that conflict occurs by. And so to change the rhetoric means to say something sort of ad-lib, go off script. And because they're expecting you uh, to go a certain way, they sort of set you up, like you say. You know, they're like that kid poking the dog with a stick. Mm-hmm. And then when the dog reacts, they're like, see, I told you it was a mean dog. Look. <laughs> right? And, they, and poor me, that dog attacked me. Right. And then, they, then mommy rescues them and the dog gets punished and the dog didn't really do anything. The kid poked it with a stick. Wow. So, so what you want to do is change that whole script, flip the script. Um, do something, uh, sort of, you could do something outlandish, you know, I, one of the things sometimes you might say if somebody's accusing you of being arrogant, you could say, one of us is being arrogant, but I'm not sure it's me. <laughs> you know? I like um, that. Uh, not necessarily sarcastically either, just, just right. sort of help them see that they're not exactly being innocent. Right. Or you could even own own some portion of it, right? Like, well, you know what? I might be being arrogant about some certain things, but, and then, like, I don't know, then how do you try to encourage them to follow your lead? Or or maybe you just let them be them and you be you. Well, I have, uh, in one example, I had somebody criticize me in a public place, but he was correct. I mean, he was technically correct I had messed up so I just looked at him and I said thank you thank you for pointing that out I'm sorry and And he didn't know what to do right because that is a lost art that that is a lost art you know just owning your portion of things or you know thanking people for for helping you to see something new or to to be a better person and I think that uh, by listening to to the advice you've given us, that, that you've given people an opportunity to do that and kind of be a little introspective as we move through our holidays and as we move through the debates that are going to happen uh, on social media and to remember that, you know, it, it might feel good for a minute to have that mic drop moment, but there are long-lasting repercussions and, uh, you know, it, I think it's it's wise to keep that in mind. I, do, I agree. Uh, if we do the unexpected, then we change the whole conflict. They're not expecting that. They're they're wanting they want the conflict, really. Some people do. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. They live for that next good teeth gnashing. So, well, we've got to run, but thank you so much for taking the time and being on with us and sharing your expertise in this area. And uh, I know you're there in North Dakota where it's just slightly cooler than it is here in Phoenix, Arizona. So (laughs) (laughs) We're We're supposed to get a foot of snow for Christmas. Oh, all I want for Christmas is a foot of snow. All right. Well, thank you again. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And tell folks real quick as we lead out, if they wanted to, you know, explore this and and reach you and have some questions about what we talked about today, how would they go about doing that? I'm on LinkedIn and there's actually a link to the LinkedIn on your on your page. Absolutely. On your guest page. All right. Jeff Glaze, thank you so much. And uh, Merry Christmas and hugs to the family. Merry Christmas. See you, Dan. Bye. Have a good day. <laughs> What's up? What's up? <laughs>
<laughs> All right, we got him to say it. I love it. All right. <laughs> Bye, Jeff. Bye All right, well, stick around because when we come back, we will have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report, but it's a little different than normal. We have an actual guest coming on to talk about his personal experience with being that Responsibly Armed Citizen after this. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Hi folks, I'm Don Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop and sleigh ride. That is one of my favorite versions of one of my favorite songs. I just, I love that song. I love Christmas time. So thank you so much for being here with us. And this is the portion of the show where we get to talk about responsibly armed citizens because they use guns 2.5 million times a year for self-defense and 200,000 times, 200,000, think about that number, 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she is armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Fight's a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And we normally would have a news clip here, but instead we have someone who is a responsibly armed citizen with personal experience to share with us. Lewis Wagner is an ops lens contributor and former Navy SEAL. Following his career in the Navy, Lewis served as a police officer for more than 30 years, which included time in SWAT. He is now a certified FBI self-defense and arrest techniques instructor and a black belt in Taekwondo. Welcome to the show, Lewis. Thank you very much, Cheryl. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, that does sound like a description of a real life Superman. And, you know, I, I thank you so much for your service to our country, to your communities uh, as a police officer. Uh, what a, a wonderful example you've set. That's part of the job. You know, we always, some of us like to serve. Well, and you have. And so I always set this segment up with a story about danger. But today, I'm going to read your story, Lewis, and have you pick up where I leave off. So, leaving a late night Florida Panther hockey game, Lewis walked towards the parking lot. We've all done this, right? You leave some gathering, and then you've got that journey out into the night and maybe you've got a a a hallway an alleyway to get down or maybe it's a parking garage and you might be the only one on that level well lewis was walking towards a parking lot and he entered the parking lot but so did danger who approached in the form of two men coming from two different directions. One carried a baseball bat, the other a golf club. Directly behind Lewis was a couple walking to the same parking lot. The man behind Lewis cursed, and the woman gasped, seeing the encroaching danger. Lewis is a responsibly armed citizen who carries a concealed firearms at all time. Lewis drew his firearm and pointed it at the man with the baseball bat and ordered the man to stop, which is all it took for Danger and his friend to begin running off into the night. Lewis, our responsibly armed citizen, then turned to the couple who were looking at horror. Not at the fleeing men, but at Lewis, like he was the one that was going to attack them. The woman pointed at his firearm and cried, You have a gun! Our responsibly armed citizen had just stopped a possible mugging, assault, rape, or even murder. And yet this woman was more afraid of the very tool that had just helped to save her life. Lewis, talk to us about that moment and what kind of was going through your mind where kind of you are now the bad guy in her mind. Being a police officer in that situation, you know, I was more concerned about the two people behind me. So when I turned around and and she was pointing at my gun and then made that statement, it really caught me by surprise. It really did. I didn't even think, you know, people were even afraid of that kind of stuff. But the guy who was with her was completely, like, awestruck. She actually took a couple steps back. Hmm. And I said to her at the time, I said, you know, are you okay? And she said, why do you have a gun? And I said, because, well, at the time, I was, <clears throat> you know, leaving from the Panther game, and I said, I always carry a gun for situations like this. And she said, are you allowed to have a gun? I mean, I realized that then that most citizens, a lot of the citizens anyway, are totally blank on people who carry concealed firearms. They really are. Hmm. They don't have a clue what you're, you know, people that carry firearms and use them in situations like that Mm -hmm. they don't they just they don't comprehend or they're now and she she wouldn't have had any concept in that moment that you know you've had all this training you're a vietnam vet you're a navy seal you know you've been a uh, a law enforcement officer so she wouldn't have uh, necessarily known that but there was you were not presenting 
yourself as a danger to her. It was just the mere uh, presence of a specific tool that you were using for self-defense and defense of your fellow man that completely threw her off her game. Well, I was about five feet in front of them, and I hadn't really even turned around. It was more over this shoulder type thing. And the gun was down on my side at the time. It's just, I don't know, it was really, really strange. I guess at that moment, it just it hit me that people aren't aware, you know, or they don't understand why others carry guns for safety purposes. It was like, you know, an epiphany all, all of a sudden. I just realized that, and it hit me, and it stayed with me for, you know, it just, I couldn't comprehend it, to be honest with well, you. Well, welcome to, this is Dan, and welcome to the show, and thank you for your service. Um, maybe this lady was just so far off that she didn't even feel that she was a threat, uh, there was a threat out there. Well, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. I don't know if it's it's the news media or the way they've been brought up, but a lot of people I, that I've met and, and talked to don't have any concept about self-defense for themselves. Well, they really don't. What I guess I'm saying is, I mean, maybe this lady thought that the guy was going to go uh, hit some balls with a bat and the other guy was going to go golfing. I mean, did she feel <laughs> that there was a threat there? <laughs> well, I know she gasped when they, they were pretty close. They got within probably 20 feet of us, at which point, you know, you have to take some type of action. Right. But it's, it's late. It's like 1130 at night, 11, 1130 at night. They're not playing golf. They're mm-hmm. not playing baseball, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. in a parking lot. It was one of those off-street parking lots where, you know, you can park your car and, and for five bucks somebody will watch it until the game's over for you. Well, if you wouldn't it's have interfered, a, if you wouldn't have interfered, I, I imagine there would have been one time she would have wished she had had a gun mm. at some point, right? Oh, of course. There was no doubt in my mind those, that the two guys that were coming, I mean, it happens there all the time. This isn't, you know, that's not in Miami. Mm. It's not the safest place down there. <laughs> so I'm sure that that's what their intention was. Those type of situations happen all the time where but, people get mugged or robbed or even raped down there. Mm. And that's the the thing. That's kind of the point of this segment of our show is that, you know, had she had these bad guys injured this couple in any way or God forbid raped or murdered um, either one of them, that's what hits the news. But when somebody is able to stop the threat and you were able to do it without any physical injury coming to anyone, just by your mere presence and, and presence of mind to take the action you took. And, you know, these stories don't ever get told. And so then we have people like Geraldo Rivera who should know better. How are you a newsman and you don't know better? He says things like, you know, well, when's the last time anybody's ever defended themselves successfully with a firearm? I'm like, what? Did you, did you really just say that on national news? Well, yeah, but Cheryl, people don't see that in the newspaper. They don't hear it on the radio. They don't see it on TV. Those type of things aren't reported. In fact, like my incident wasn't reported to the police. Mm. I mean, there, there was no, you know, crime other than the two guys. Maybe, you know, what are you going to do? Attempted, maybe? Right. Hard to prove. Right. So in so fairness, those things don't get reported by the by the news media in any way, shape, or form. Right, but even when somebody is, you know, they do have to, uh, you know, discharge their firearm and and stop a bad guy. You know, that's just local news. You never see that on on the big news stories. But somehow, 
the the victim stories do. So, Lewis, she uh, she just said you have a gun. She didn't say thank you. She didn't no. uh, give you a hug they, they or anything else. They actually backed huh? up. <laughs> no, they actually backed up. She was had a hold of his arm and she was pulling him backwards. Wow. Wow. And they weren't looking. At, they weren't looking at the two guys that, run, that had run away. They were looking at me. Wow! Isn't wow. that amazing? It was really, I mean, tell you, it was really strange. It was like you know this epiphany that just these not people every, don't. Not everybody thinks they don't the have way any we concept. do. They don't. But I'm happy you were there. And whether they know it or not, I know they were happy you were there. And at some point, hopefully, they they come to that realization. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time, coming on, and telling us your story. And um, tell folks about the the organization you write for real quickly, OpsLens.com, and then we've got to run. Um. Believe it or not, I was taking some writing courses, and one of the assignments was an essay. And my brother, um, Chris Wagner, also writes for them. And I wrote it and, and gave it to my brother to take a look at as part of the class, and he submitted it, and they loved it. And so I did that. <clears throat> I did that. Um, and they came back to me. It was kind of strange. They came back to me, and they said, you know, can you do some more? And I said, Sure. And, in fact, I just submitted another one, and they just accepted it also. I love it. So that's opslens.com. And, of course, we are talking to Lewis Wagoner. And we, again, thank you so much for your service and uh, wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Same to you, Cheryl. Thank you. You're more than welcome. All right. Well, we've got to start wrapping up, but I definitely want to thank our tech crew and our listeners and our wonderful guests. And as we are celebrating the the holy season, the, the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, on into the, the new year and Hanukkah is, is happening at the same time, remember when you're lifting up prayer to pray for this nation of ours, to pray for our leaders. All of them? Even the ones you don't like. Well, how about I just pray for the majority of them? (laughs) Nice. Especially the ones you don't like, I think, need prayer. And uh, be good to each other. Have a great week. A Merry Christmas. God bless. And we will leave you with this thought. We can say Merry Christmas. We can say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making... Our founding fathers, here in this country, brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here... Did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children 
what it once was like in America when men were free.